Um, we started last week just beginning to talk about trying to live your life between the ditches, basically learning um, how to not live your life in the ditch. So, so many times I hear today, uh, I'm so overloaded, I'm so stressed, um, I can't get it all done, I need a break. Um, and, you know, as Brandon spoke this morning about the most important thing and all the other stuff doesn't matter, well, we also have to go through life too and we have to work, we have to take our kids to school, we have to run these errands and really learning on a basic, a basic, the basic skill of what's important and what isn't is also important in our lives so that we don't run our lives completely empty or try to live our life in the ditch. Many of us don't know that we're in the ditches and it's so much better on the road. It says in Job chapter 3, verse 26, it says, I have no peace. I have no peace. I have not quiet. I have no rest. And trouble keeps coming. I want to ask you, do you just have things just pile up and pile up and pile up in your life? And what's funny is some of the things that pile up in your life aren't necessarily bad. But they're not important. Some things we get hung up. I can tell you, does anybody now have the new thing on your iWatch or Apple Watch or on your iPhone that tells you your screen time? It came on this morning, and I'm like, I want to turn that off. I don't want to see that. Don't tell me that I'm wasting my time on my phone. I already know it, but I don't want to know it. Uh, but it, it, there are so many things that have us. Uh, I've been helping with the, the sound for uh, Cookville Children's Theater, and so many of these dancers were a part of that and were up all night last night and then got up this morning. But Joseph Miller uh, was helping with lights, and all the lights went off, but all these phones were still on. Screen lights everywhere. And people can't turn off. People can't settle their minds and even like here in worship, I wonder how many of you just your minds were racing about what you've got to do once we get out of here. If you've got family coming in and you've got to be cooking. Elizabeth texted me last night, what do we need for the turkey, Brian? I'm like, I don't know. Carl said he would do it for me. but I, I, That's what I said. Talk to Carl this morning. But literally, how many of you are thinking about what you're going to have to cook for this Thursday? How many of you are thinking about those crazy family members that are coming in to eat with you? You laugh, but I know it's true. And how many of you would be shocked if you realized you're that crazy family member? <laughs> Just a thought. But I want you to know that my load and my limits and what I've got to do and what my responsibilities and how much energy and effort that I have, I can only do so much. When I hit that point of all that I can do and I try to continue to do, it gets bad. It gets messy. It starts not only hurting me, but hurting those around me. And how good it is when I can take my focus and my time to doing the things that I need to be doing. You need wiggle room in your life, in every area of your life, so that you don't wear out. You need spiritual space for handling temptation because those things are draining. We need emotional space in our lives for the relationships that we have in our lives. How many of you are on emotional overload? How many of you have family issues? And you're handling things not great, 
And even if you were handling them great, they're still going to not go well. We just have, every family that I've ever met is dysfunctional. I've not met a good, a totally functioning family. Everybody's got dysfunction. Why? Because we sin. We've fallen. We are not Christ. We are not perfect. Your family member, your spouse, your wife, your aunt, your uncle, your mother-in-law isn't perfect. Everybody say amen. Amen. And your father-in-law. I'm now a father-in-law, but I'm the one perfect one. They haven't, he hasn't figured that out yet. I'm the, pretty much what I say is, yeah. You got to have space. Oops. Happy Veterans Day last week. (laughs) You got to have space. Let's quickly look at some benefits of having some space in your life, some wiggle room, some margin in your life. First thing, the benefits is a healthier body. We are a society of unhealthiness. When we start to get things right and have some margin in our life, our bodies will begin to get healthier. Or begin to get healthier. But if we go back, did I jump one? The first one was supposed to be a healthier mind. You know, it says in Scripture that the battlefield that we have here isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But it says that the battle begins in the mind. You don't want to know where sin starts? In your mind. You go there in your mind before you go there physically. And if we can get a healthier mind, we can have a healthier life. But when our mind is overloaded and, got, and we have pressure in every area, have you ever seen a pressure cooker? Have you ever seen one explode? Have you ever seen a person, person explode from pressure? It's ugly. It's messy. But if we go back to a healthier body, do you know that when we're going so hard, it actually harms our body? We need downtime to repair ourselves. Do you know that even cars, even cars in NASCAR, have to take pit stops to kind of fix some stuff, to change the tires, to give the driver a 30-second break? They drive 500 miles, three or four straight hours, and they need those little breaks. You need a break. Do you know that Scripture, that Christ, that the Word of God gave us a break? It's the Sabbath. God said, I know you're going to be wore out. I know things are going to come at you, and you have to rest. Let me ask you this. How many of you don't sleep I mean, you sleep, but it's really not sleep. And you get up and you have to do it all over again. Do you know a blessing from the Word of God from God is sleep, good, rest? I can tell you there's not many things that I look forward to more than good rest. You know what else is a benefit of living your life within the ditches with, uh, with some wiggle room? Are healthier relationships. There it is. Can you help me back there? I'm, com- I'm a little bit uh, discombobulated myself. Um, this Sunday night, tonight, um, we are getting together for a, a church-wide um, meal for Thanksgiving. 
and we find it. So there's Christ, Christ in you, your relationship to Christ. And then there's our family and our trying to love each other and beginning to build relationships so that we can go out together and minister to those that need ministering to. And tonight is such a big part of us gathering around a table and eating. Do you know that so much breakthrough comes from eating? Because you're stuck in your seat and you're hungry and you're going to have some face time. If not, you're not going to eat. When mama cooks, we sit down. We put our phones down and we eat and we talk. If you get in your phones, you get in trouble. My wife needs to learn that, but I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Um, there is something spiritual about eating. Families, you guys that are here, get back around your family table. Sit down and eat together. Even if it's fast food, sit down and eat together. Healthier relationships come from having some space in your life, some wiggle room. And finally, it makes you more available. I'm fighting with her now. Available for God to use you. How many times are you having to turn down the right thing because you're covered up with the wrong thing? Do you know that a, that a yes to something means you have to say no to something else? So, so many of us, and I'm one, I, this is something that I've had to learn, and I think you have to learn it, is you have to learn how to say no. And a lot of, the, a lot of today's teaching says you don't say no. Well, I want you to know God says no. God tells us there are certain things, no. Not because he doesn't love us, it's because he loves us. But a no in my life means that when the right thing comes along, I can say yes. But when I have filled my life with everything else, when the right thing comes along, I can't do it. Or if I do, I'm no good at it. So as we go through this series over the next few weeks is learning to create some space. Learning to take account of what I'm doing in my life. What is of value and what is not of value? What is hurting me? What is taking all my time that shouldn't? I am, an, I am a very systematic thinker. Um, I'm very schedule-oriented. And really, when God tries to interrupt my schedule, a lot of times I'm not listening. And then my wife tries to interrupt my schedule. And I'm definitely not listening. And I've told her several times, I don't know if you, that y'all have ever watched The Office. Um, I don't necessarily recommend it. But Pam, the secretary, learned to let Michael, when a call came in, to give him kind of a trial run, a, a practice at how he's going to respond to that caller. And always the first one was completely inappropriate. The second one was very easy, simple, good. I'm not going to give you an example, but I'll give you an example in my life. When Elizabeth tries to change my schedule, I, so I always have to come back to her and say, You've got to be ready for my first reaction. I know I pray about it. I know I tell you I'll do better, but I never do. If you can just live through my first reaction, my second one's going to be a lot better. I'm back on earth. I do love my kids, and I'll go pick them up. 
but my first reaction's awful. It's like she's, I don't know, told me I can't eat ice cream anymore. Uh, by the way, apple pie and pumpkin pie. There was a lot of confusion that, no, my wife said, or whatever you want to make. No, apple pie or a pumpkin pie. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. I'm kind of kidding, but we're doing that to just make things simple. So that, the, so that Justin's grandmother, before she died, she would make banana pudding. And because I always ate last, I never got any. And I don't want to say there's bitterness and unforgiveness in there. <laughs> but sometimes we would set one back and kind of hide one so that we, I don't know that that's really Jesus-like either. <laughs> you need to be available for God to use you. You need to be available so that God, when God speaks, you hear. We have so many things that have taken our ears. We have so many things that have taken our eyes. And you wonder why you're just running like a, like a gerbil in a, on a wheel. It's no fun. It wears us out. I'm going to give you the first uh, step toward, um, and I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're, we're going to pray and we're going to let the center come back. But the first step toward creating some margin, the first step toward making sure you're not in the ditch is you have to accept your human limitations. You have limits, and you need to know what they are so that you don't cross them. Part of your life is understanding where those limits are. I have done things and had, hadn't learned the hard way, hurt people along the way when I realized that exceeded my limit. Doesn't mean I wasn't trying. Doesn't mean I wasn't giving my full effort. Doesn't mean that that thing wasn't good but it wasn't good at this time. I've got to accept that I am limited. And by the way, I'm not God. I can't do everything all the time. It says I can do all things through Christ, but I am human and I still have limits. Do you hear me? I've got to get in line with Christ and with his word and with his will. When I am in that and doing the things that he's called me to do, I can do all things. But when I take off on my own way and try to do all things, even though they may seem good and right, I can't. I can't do all things. I'm not trying to sound, I'm not trying to contradict the word. Hear me. When I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me, when I'm under his cover, when I'm in his word and filled with his spirit and doing the things he's called me to do, I will be exceptional. When I'm not, I'll be Paul. And many of you here know that Paul. Everybody say amen. Amen. When that's what's going first, it's in trouble. Learning to get God first, learning to prioritize your life according to what the will of God is and according to your limits. I've got limits. It's going to be good. If you will stick with me, if you will hear this message, I believe it will change your life. I believe it will improve your marriage. I believe it will improve your relationships. I believe it will improve your job. I believe it will improve all areas of your life because God wants to give you an abundant life all of your life. Abundant.
But that's going to take growth and learning and patience and self-control. And I'll just tell you, you can't do those without the Lord. Amen. Will you all pray with me? I just want to ask you while you're here this morning, it's not by chance. God knew you were going to be here today. He's drawing him to you. You may, you may say, Pastor, I've never made that decision. But something in worship this morning, something as those dancers were dancing, when, when we saw those, those people running into the arms of Christ, jumping, leaping, running. This is your bowing your heads. You just say, I, I, I know that that's me. I know that I, I don't have that. It says in God's word that all have sinned and fall short. We've all messed up. And none of us have messed up beyond the saving grace of God. None of us. He came for you. He came because you needed him. If that's you, it says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There is no catch. That if you believe in him and believe that he was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Jesus, that he is Lord, you will be saved. Would you make that first step? That is just the first step of following Christ. Would you make that first step this morning? Just say, Jesus, I'm one of those that have fallen and I need you to pick me up. I need you. My life isn't working the way it's, work, it's been going. I need you. Save me. Save me. I confess you as my Lord and Savior this morning. may not completely understand it at this point. That's okay. This is the starting point. But I give my life to you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this morning and this spirit of worship that has been in this place. Lord, I just ask you as we have so many things going on that, Lord, you would meet us, that you would begin to show us, give us wisdom of the things that we're going through and begin to pick the things that are important and begin to lay aside or just wait for another time to do some of these other things with our spouse, with our children, with our job, with our church. God, with our relationship to you, being in the word, praying, seeking, knocking, asking. Lord, I just ask you just for a, a, a turn, that you would just turn us, that we would just surrender to you. You are so good. As we've sang this morning, you're a good, good father. You're perfect in all of your ways. And we know who we are. We're loved by you, just like we are. Father, in Jesus' name, let that become a reality in our heart, that we would know who we are and we would know who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.